Thank you for tuning into Making It in the South Sound, the Chamber's podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the support of our generous sponsors, Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Hi, I'm Andrea Ray, President and CEO of the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm here today with Tim Thompson of Thompson Consulting Group to talk about the Chamber's annual Washington to Washington, D.C. Leadership Conference. For those of you who don't know, every year for the last 36 years, the Chamber has been taking a delegation of Chamber members and community and business leaders to Washington, D.C to meet with our elected officials to help them understand the business issues that the chamber and community are facing. Tim's group is responsible for organizing the conference and setting the agenda. Thank you so much for being here with us, Tim. Thank you, honored to be here. Fantastic, so we have a few questions just to help our audience familiarize themselves with what the Washington to Washington DC trip is, or as we call it, uh, the Wadawa trip. <laughs> Uh, what is the value of the trip to the people who attend? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because it's the kind of thing you want to reflect on. And I think that uh, giving uh, the accolades to the chamber, um, when I was first asked to kind of reboot and rethink the trip, it was the, the first questions we started to ask were the people that previously attended. But it all start, started with the leadership of the chamber staff themselves. And so in that context, I think that the, the primary goal that if I had to put it in one thing was to create a sense of community uh, back in Washington, D.C. with our congressional delegation. And now three, you know, if you think back 36 years with the various administrations who were in charge at the time. And so that spans that particular period of time, Bush administrations, Clinton administrations, Obama administrations, Trump administration, and now the Biden administration. And so that sense of community is to really talk about the issues that matter to the local community. And two things I think go on organically in that setting, and that is we set up a thorough substantive discussion around a set of community issues that the, our local community wants to talk to our congressional delegation and whoever is in charge of the White House at the time. The second thing is that it has to not just be that one-off conversation. It's the conversations that occur during the lunches and the conversations that occur during the infamous cocktail hours and the dinners that really kind of create the community. And my goal, and I think the goal that you know the chamber has set for themselves, is for that to be an ongoing conversation for the trip to live beyond the three days we are in Washington, D.C. together. A successful trips based upon what we get done after the trip and where our priorities and where our focuses are. That's my best attempt to explain what the value is to the participants. It is in that method of getting things done post the Washington DC trip. Right, it's a really about building that <clears throat> synergy and of course this was my first time attending and, and that was something that was really apparent to me is that it was about the synergy and the relationships that, that happened and were able to build there. But then, as you said, it's not just about 
what happens there. It's about how that work and those relationships and that trust that's established really does impact the entire community at large. Uh, not just when we get back home, yep. um, but as, as we continue to do our work, yep. right, you know, yep. throughout throughout the community. So it really does have lasting uh, impact. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so you talked a little bit about what the participants, <clears throat> um, you know, experience when, when they're there. Can you give us a little bit more of an of a overview of, you know, what, what would a participant experience? You mentioned infamous cocktail hours and, <laughs> and lunches and dinners. Obviously, we're, we're <clears throat> meeting with, with our elected officials, you know, in D.C. as well. Um, you know, what are some other things that participants experience while they're there? What are the things that when you're planning um, the, the conference that, that you're really careful to, you know, curate these really, you know, lasting and spectacular, unique experiences? Well, Washington, D.C., many things some people forget is, you know, uh, such a unique place in the world because it's our, you know, formal seat of government. And one of the things I like to always point out to people that visit the city is that if you noticed that from the museums to the mall, it is, everything's free. And the fact is, is that the city originally was meant to be the people's city. Your access to the federal government, whether that was the White House, the various office buildings that host these gigantic federal agencies, and our members of Congress on Capitol Hill, the Supreme Court across the street. All of those things are about open and transparent government. And it's that seeking of a perfect union that we've never been able to quite achieve, but is the aspirational aspects of Washington, D.C. that I think have an effect on people if you relate it back to what your mission is while you're in that city. And what we're looking for in all of that is a bipartisan level of support for initiatives that we have with inside the local community. And the trip just really allows a couple of core things that are essential to its success in my view. And that is to have a diverse group of leaders in our local community. Business, we had a labor leader on the trip this year, we had people from the NGO community, we had elected officials from our local governments, and it allowed the participants to interact with each other, not just about what the particular topic was in a panel on infrastructure, but to get to know each other and to get to literally talk to our delegation about what our community priorities are and learn from them what they are working on in Washington, D.C. So if we just step back from the basics, it is that dynamic where it's not just the elected official lecturing the group, but actually having the elected official interact with all of us and talking about the various issues and the topics that we focused on. And when we first, this first, when this trip 36 years ago started, it was around the idea that at that point that former Congressman Dix had, which was he had learned from the Navy League trip where the community in Kitsap County would come together, formed an organization called the Navy League, and each year they went back and explained the importance of the bases in, in Kitsap to the entire Washington State congressional delegation. And they met with Pentagon-level officials on that aspect. Another organization that was effective in that same regard was the Tri-Cities. It was called TriDec. And at that time, the Sam Volpentest, who worked until his 101st birthday, 
advocating for local priorities for that community. And 36 years ago, the focus was around the significance importance at that time of McCord Air Force Base and Fort Lewis. So the legacy of the effective, important advocacy for local priorities is really essential. And the chamber, it's the chamber's voice. And that, that seeing of community by the delegation allows them to say, so these are your focus priorities for the upcoming year. That alone and that articulation of those priorities and their interests, in my judgment, has a dramatic effect and it has worked successfully for us as a community for that period of time. And in the end, it's really not about what I do. I wish I could say it was all due to the work that I do and Kate does and my great team do. It's not. It really is about what the individuals who participate in those trips do. It's their voice, their communication that makes the difference. I really appreciate you saying that and especially the, you know, discussion about what makes effective advocacy and effective advocacy is when you have everyone sitting at the table right and you may have you know quite diverse opinions and diverse views and stakeholders but when everyone gathers around that table with mutual respect and a focus on solution finding that's how the really really hard work gets done And to be in a place to have that work established, as you said, in D.C., where it is always aspirational, I think is really critical because that's what good policy should be, right? It should always be 100% aspirational. It should be inclusive. And we might not achieve perfection, but (laughs) on the way to trying to achieve perfection, maybe we can catch excellence, right? We we get, you can get a lot done. And as you heard in this trip, um, it's not about where we disagree. I think that the focus and that I am most proud of the local community on this trip, it's the, the focus on what we actually agree on and the mission to achieve that. And, le- and understanding how to set aside the, you know, that it's not going to be the perfect solution for all of us, and there will be areas of disagreement that we enter into, even amongst, you know, business leaders um, as to what those priorities are. But it's really what you achieve on what you agree on. And I think the example that Derek Kilmer set in the in this uh, meeting was very profound to me for him to actually not talk about anything else but the role of civility and bipartisanship in the Congress. And I think that, that that presentation was powerful in many respects, but it was oriented towards let's come together and figure out what we're going to work on, even though we will have to set aside those partisan differences or those differences we have as a community. And that's what's really made Tacoma. When I think about first coming back to this community to date myself and a uh, <laughs> very long time, as my kids would say, in the olden days, From 1982 to where this community is now, I can point to Union Station, I can point to the Union, I can point to the Puyallup Land Claim Settlement, I can point to the Tacoma Spur, I can point to the University of Washington, Tacoma. I can go on and on about the idea that the community came together, the chamber, the business community, the broader community, and said, let's go do those things. They didn't argue over federal spending and you know, big government. They didn't argue over the objectives. What they looked at was, were these worthy projects significant enough for us to care about 
to make a difference in our community and to involve everybody. That's the spirit of Tacoma and Pierce County. In the modern evolution, we have a behavioral health hospital that was a feature of a panel four years ago or five years ago, and that was led by the CEO who did an inc another incredible job, Bill Robertson, of multi-care health systems. And to talk his presentation, to really educate us and to educate the delegation about the challenges that his healthcare organization has during COVID, which we're still experiencing, and what it's doing to the people and the hospital. And the, as you pointed out, in the financial losses that those institutions occurred. You saw the eyebrows go up amongst the elected officials and other people in the, the audience when we were told of the a plus $100 million of negative spending for those hospitals, and yet they still operate every day. He talked about those healthcare workers and the need for us to be responsive to the challenges that they face. And not to be morbid, but he also talked about the impact of those deaths that those people witnessed every day. That's the power of the trip. And the goal would be to translate that to better and more helpful federal policy to institutions like Multicare. And I think we both agree. We walked away from Bill's presentation, moved to do something, to acknowledge that we've got to be better partners in the community with such a great institution like Multicare. Right, yeah, no, 100%. I know you mentioned uh, the doctor congressman, Derek yes. Kilmer, yes. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, Bill with Multicare. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, who we were able to meet in D.C.? I mean, we were so grateful that so many of our elected officials did take time out of an incredibly, yep. you know, busy uh, session to come and meet with us in person. Uh, we're so grateful for them. Could you talk a little bit about who we met with and sure. what we talked about? Sure. We, you know, one of the things we had to do because we went on too long, but we, we didn't get a chance to spend as much time on the JBLM and um, issues. And we and at, at that point, our, our longest participant has been the Chairman Smith, Congressman Smith, the Chairman of the Armed Services Committee. But due to votes, we had to move from that panel. But let me start with some of the administration folks. The, the presentation of that same panel with uh, Bill Robertson, was the director of the Defense Health Agency. So that director was in our in our midst in that is very rare. We've never had that, you know, level of participation who governs all of the federal defense medical installations. So that's Madigan Army Hospital and everything up the west, the west coast. I was taken so much by the fact that she spent so much time and really talked about it. And that synergy and that partnership between multicare and the Defense Health Agency, which is the resource that all of our retired veterans, all of our active duty forces rely on for healthcare, we forget how important that is in our community. That was, a, in my judgment, a, a really dynamic conversation. To have the Assistant Secretary of Transportation with the Biden administration literally say to us, uh, you're gonna have to compete my, I get up every day trying to get this money out and get rid of red tape and get projects built was compelling. And that followed on the heels of the chairman of the aviation subcommittee and a senior member of the infrastructure committee who doesn't represent Tacoma Pierce County but does represent district up north of us in Congressman Larson, Chairman Larson, who came in and said something that I think established the theme for me for the day was 
I think about infrastructure every day. I want my staff thinking about infrastructure every day. My community should be thinking about infrastructure every day. And your community should be thinking about infrastructure every day. Very powerful, you know, just line because the statements were really around the idea that you've got to compete, we got to have good projects, we've got to deal with some of the deficiencies. His articulation of the importance of the Port of Tacoma and its need for infrastructure, his understanding of mobility, transit, all of those issues. You know, Rick Larson, who doesn't represent our district, was just fantastic. We got incredible presentations from Congressman Kilmer, who I mentioned. Con the newest congressperson in the delegation is Marilyn Strickland, who now represents the 10th. Um, Marilyn had a family health issue, and so she took the time out of that and had a video presentation, which I have to admit both Allison and I were a little worried about just because how was it going to work and how are we going to get everybody you know, in the room at the time, but she was terrific. And her laying out her mission on JBLM and what she wanted to get done in terms of housing was just tremendous. And then uh, Senator Murray, who was in the midst of floor votes, wasn't able to make it. She was always there uh, each and every trip. But as I like to brag, her chief of staff came in to dinner. Um, first of all, just what an incredible woman, um, what a person, you know, how, how gracious and how welcoming and how, uh, how insightful she was. She addressed our dinner group, and that was a powerful presentation. Uh, we had the lead of the Commerce Committees, all the, who has jurisdiction over all the fishery resources that we still have huge investments in up and down our coast. Our maritime industry depends on people like Tote. That was Nicole Touchell. We had Senator Cantwell's you know, legislative director and David Martin. Uh, I'm going to brag and say we had the most effective legislative assistant in all of Washington, D.C., also from Senator Cantwell's office, who happens to have the same last name as mine. And that's but no Megan. relation. No relation. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Megan Thompson. And, and then, of course, Senator Cantwell not only came into the room and um, did what she always does, which is have complete command of in a very low-key way of everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. And I think if we had to tape that, we could send it out to America and say, that's our senator. And, if, and I think we'd both agree. There wasn't a partisan statement made by her about anything. She talked about working with people across the aisle, but the span and the development of both the infrastructure package, energy, environmental, and the transportation infrastructure, and then moving on and talking about the jurisdiction of the Commerce Committee and all the things that were before Congress was just terrific. So from that perspective, we had a full suite of the congressional delegation, and uh, we also had Congressman Newhouse's um, you know, chief of staff come and join. The congressman wasn't able to come, and that's always a treat for me because Dan Newhouse is, in my judgment, one of the good people. and. Uh, he's on the Republican side. Our representatives happen to be uh, Democrats. But I think what was powerful was both Derek Kilmer and Congressman Newhouse uh, talked about each other because they both visit each other's district. And I think that is the full suite of folks. The other thing that we were blessed with is also to have the Chamber of Commerce's legislative director. And he was quite compelling. He, he said some things about Build Back Better that probably some of the folks in our audience didn't like, but his power of his, his preaching of civility and the role the National Chamber played 
uh, I thought was well articulated, that he said in an honest way it was both the far left and the far right that was a big impediment to the passage of the largest infrastructure package that the Chamber of Congress considered its top legislative priority. Having that voice, in my judgment, was really added a great deal to the trip. Absolutely. I think that that was a common theme throughout the trip about how do we get back to that sane center? Yes. Right. Yes, that yes. is where most of us live. That is where the work gets done. Yes. And you know, making our voice a little bit louder. Again, that's a big part of what the, the chamber does with our advocacy work is to create and lend and extend the voice of business. Um, kind of, you know, in that that role where we can actually focus on getting some work done. And I think maybe, you know, knock on wood, cross our fingers, you know, we are moving into a political environment where we can get a little bit louder yes. in the center. We can focus on more solution finding. We can create more respect and, and civility and build that trust and, and relationships. And I think that's a unique uh, place for the chamber to be and that as you said we have a, a history of, of connecting and convening diverse stakeholders yep. and then moving forward and, and getting the work done. It's a it's a proud tradition and I, I would just echo I mean you raised the, in, in my judgment one of the key things that came out of the trip and that is we're gonna have to as a community find our voice and to get louder about the need for civility and furthermore, we're going to have to start saying no to the far left and far right, that we can't demonize each other to the degree that we have no ability to listen or work together. And I think your point is, is, is one of the major take-homes I had uh, out of that whole discussion, because we got into discussions on our own, amongst ourselves, in those forums around infrastructure and around the issue associated with our local economy and the things that we're working on as a community that are vital. And that dialogue, again, a powerful thing happened in Washington, D.C., because I watched the former deputy mayor of Tacoma, Keith Blocker, react very attentive and was extraordinarily candid and, and courageous. And he said, we just have to eliminate these kinds of paralysis because we have people so divided. We have to do better. And when you see that happen, and we saw the port react in its three commissioners who attended, you know, what a, that's the largest contingent of port elected officials we've had on the trip since I can recall. And that was powerful in its own right. So, you know, John McCarthy, who had spanned decades of leadership, you know, really spoke quite well about all the things that, you know, are before the port and how important infrastructure was. So there were some good things, but it re really centered on the point you made, which is the SANE Center and the idea of focusing in on, can we just get on with what we agree to do that is in the interest of the community? I happen to think, you know, transportation shouldn't be a partisan issue. Right, absolutely. And I think that there's an amazing opportunity that we have as we go into the next you know, state legislative session yep. and we start thinking about, again, some of those projects that we talked about. Again, JBLM being a huge yep. economic engine in our community. And you mentioned also the port also being a huge economic engine, opportunities for, for green power and, yep. and green, green hydrogen that, that we talked yep. about being able to bring that to our community and just the dramatic difference that that can make not only in our local economy but as we look for 
combating climate change as yep. well, right? Yep. You know, there's no reason why our local economy can't have that, you know, triple, you know, bottom line of, you know, yes. right, people, you know, planet and, and profit, yes. right? And Correct. I think that that is what's really exciting when the community can come together, when our stakeholders can come together. I, I see no reason why we can't continue to move that work forward. I, I agree. I mean, I think if there were two very, very meaty panels, I'd be interested in your, your thoughts on this. And one of them occurred on the infrastructure committee. And we got into what, and this is what I guess I'm most proud of with the chamber staff and the leadership that you now bring and that Tom bring previously was, we got to go and talk about the tough stuff. We've got to go talk about the complex things. Right. Things are difficult. We can't shy, shy away, away from, from that. that. And we've got to also talk about how the, the theme, the overwhelming, if I had one word that we could take out of this, this thing, we are in a competition. We are competing, and we're going to have to compete every day. So on infrastructure, nationally, heard, internationally, yes. right? Absolutely. And and if you think about it, it was also we heard it from the Biden administration, and we heard it from the the Republican Chamber of Commerce. We heard it from, you know, the the uh, the Newhouse staff to the Campbell staff. We heard it from the senators to the members of Congress. We have to compete on the merits. So that competition can no longer tolerate dysfunction, whether it's, and you heard it emerge, the sub-area planning process and the uncertainty associated with the rules that businesses can govern in will be a huge detriment to our ability to compete for a $8 billion hydrogen hub and a, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in infrastructure money. And we've got to create the appropriate balance that gives people certainty, but yet at the same time holds us holds us accountable to a greener and better planet. And I believe it can and should be done. And the hydrogen discussion is an example. The the we will probably be the only community uh, around the nation that has a refinery that is going to go through a conversion of up to a third of their facility, dedicating it to hydrogen. And, and decreasing its production of crude oil that does talk about that. To have a oil company executive speak to the idea that we have to decarbonize is just a unique story to Tacoma. It isn't being said at Cherry Point at the same level that we're doing it here. We're acting on it. The partnership with the Tacoma Public Utility, a green utility that produces hydropower, Jackie Flowers' presentation, uh, just we're fortunate to have that kind of leadership at TPU that's bold and energizing. And we've got to work with people who want to make the transition. And what I loved was the dynamic between how are we going to get this done? And you, and you heard the questions come to the panel, to our senators, to our members of Congress. How do we make this happen? Yet it became a community conversation. Like we got to get our act together. And we got to carry that message to the Tacoma City Council. Uh, we're going to have to carry that message to our, our fine mayor. We're going to have to carry that message. We cannot have a regulatory environment that will stop our ability it's cold if, if we don't understand how to get this thing permitted. Everybody agrees it's the right thing to do. We've got to involve the community, make it a priority. Second, that infrastructure discussion. We are concentrating, in my judgment, locally on the areas that divide us. We've got maps that are eliminating businesses 
in the port in the port of Tacoma, and we're being told that in that subarea planning process, that's okay. It's not okay. You can't eliminate a dock, and you can't eliminate some of these other other issues. And that infrastructure discussion is nothing but opportunity. Let's build better roads and bridges and right. improve people's public safety. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's good to just end on that uh, point that it's really about competition yep. and we compete when we have predictability and we have collaboration. Yes. We, we know we have the assets. Uh, we know we have the workforce. Um, now we need to convince and just formalize what our collaborations are and what the predictability is. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about, and we spent so much time talking about what happened yep. this last year, which I think is really yep. important for people that you know may be curious about the trip or what happened. Uh, again, such important conversations that, that occurred. As we think about next year, um, we're going to be going back uh, in April, April 17th through the 20th, which means we'll be there during my birthday. So hey, no pressure, no pressure. We're going to celebrate it. Right, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, what can people look forward to as we continue to plan for, for next year? Well, let me give you a compliment. Let me give you the chamber a compliment. When we ended that part of discussion about what we were concentrating on, I love the fact that the, the chamber is committed to equitable and inclusivity associated with all of these things that need to have come in our community. That, that, you should be proud of that. Um, I think next year that what, what I walk away with is how do we do better? Um, if we stay pat with the formula, we're coming out of COVID, so we had challenges of getting people used to travel. I think what we want to do is continue to focus in on getting more people um, and uh, I think it's our mission and something I'd like to work with you on is actually increasing the number of people and increasing, uh, I was proud of our diversity um, of people of all walks of life and all walk forms of ethnicity that participated in this trip. I think we got to look and be a true community and that means inclusivity. So I would like to focus in on issues that matter to the business community and the community as in general and really build on those to recruit as many CEOs and leaders of organizations that you know are there. I, I was so proud of Lua Pritchard with the Asia Pacific Cultural Center and her presentation. Uh, the fact that I'd like to highlight a little bit more about the education and workforce would be an area. Mm -hmm. What we saw from the UWT and Bates and Tacoma Public Schools was a powerful dynamic. And I was so also so proud, and I want to build on it, but have Bill Driscoll, who has a $12 million technology fund that he's using for South Sound businesses because he cares about the community. I want to see us build that local dynamic and talk more about what they want to achieve out of the, this trip. And then more importantly, build to bring in additional people and additional voices. Um, and because I'm the old guy, I want to make certain that we also have people of your generation and younger that feel like they can get something from this trip. I think we want to look at that and have as dynamic of a participation as possible. Last thing, crazy Tim Thompson idea, is I really want to get um, a, a couple, and I think our senators would be great at it, um, I'd like to have them kind of do almost a round table where we're able to have you know members of the chamber really get into an engagement around a set number of topics where we're kind of having an exchange of information where we're telling 
the members of the delegation the things we're working on and, and areas they can help, but create the, that level of dialogue. I think Senator Cantwell's you know presence in this was really important. Um, I think that uh, that that format where we're really able to dialogue would be a good one. But let's keep building and and review things that could be done better. I love that, and I love the idea of asking questions, asking the community, yeah. right? You know, who, what yeah. do you want to talk about? Yeah. What are the issues that, that yeah. matter most to you? Let's put together that agenda yeah. and, and make it happen. Uh, perfect. I really, really appreciate that. I do want to you know, thank so much the sponsors that made the trip possible. Uh, Boeing, Multicare Health System, U.S. Oil, Rainier Connect, Tacoma Public Utilities, Tote Maritime, and Chuckles Office Products. So again, and Seattle Sounders is committed. Yes, and <laughs> so Seattle like Sounders, that. absolutely. Yeah, so really, really appreciate the help and support of our sponsors to make it possible and and encourage and um, you know make it possible for more people to come. Absolutely. Um, so I do want to wrap up um, and offer you an opportunity to just you know have any kind of you know parting thoughts from your perspective on on the trip and as we, we move forward with our advocacy efforts I, I think that you know I'm just in the middle of, uh, of finishing the report on the trip and so um, I my goal would be to say that I'm I, my we're gonna write something up that says this is the what the trip covered this is what we heard but the purpose of that document is like the trip let's let the first draft of that be the beginning of another conversation. And my goal would be to take that trip and work with you, work with the members that were participating and saying, what are our top three priorities? My mission, let's go get three things done. Let's go th make three things happen from this trip that should have provided an impetus to us to focus in on those core issues. Let's go win the Hydrogen Hub competition. Let's go win the infrastructure investment, and let's go identify third issue associated with true community. Maybe it's to help Lua build that Asia-Pacific Cultural Center. Maybe it's about other things. Maybe it's about working with Bill to get more South Sound entrepreneurs and technology companies funded that become the next info blocks in our community. And last but not least, I'm looking forward to working with you on your vision, what you want to accomplish, and what you saw, and what you bring. And I want to compliment your excellent staff. We want to listen to them. They're always great guides, and they have great ideas. And we want to take that energy from the trip and not let it just diminish because we're no longer there. But we want to put your imprint and the imprint of the community of the chamber staff on the next thing. And that, and I think when we stop thinking about the next thing, we get caught in quagmires. Absolutely, I agree. And and the staff here is phenomenal. I think oftentimes you see a build up to a conference or an event like this, and then you see just uh, you know the the going back down, right? You know, so there's the build up, and then like, okay, well, we did that, and you know, now we're home, and you know, we'll put that, you know, put that on the shelf, and maybe look at that later. Yep. But not here, you know, yep. not at this organization. This organization just continues to build off of the momentum of, of that trip, the momentum of the feedback from all of our members and just, you know, continue to, you know, do more. And as you mentioned, just say, what's next, right? Yep. There's there's no kind of break, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, is is going to be exhausting, you know, because yeah. it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yep. Um, but we're, we're excited to be here and help make it happen. Absolutely. Well, you are. And you should be proud of yourself and your team. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Tim. I really appreciate it. That does it for the episode of Making It in the South Sound.
Brown. Thank you for joining us. Episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, tacomachamber.org. Look for the link on the home page and in the top menu. You can listen to Making It in the South Sound directly on our website, or better yet, subscribe to them and never miss an episode. We again want to thank our sponsors. Without their generous commitment, this series would not be possible. Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Horizon Wireless. Thank you and watch for future episodes.